A year and a half ago, my twin daughters, Talia and Eliana, were born six weeks early and spent over a month in the neonatal ICU. A few months ago, my father almost died of a heart attack. I have never felt as lonely as I did in those moments. Even with an amazing husband, a large extended family, and this incredibly supportive community, I felt like no one really understood what I was experiencing. I felt an existential sense of being alone in the universe. Standing so close to the edge of life forced me outside my normal boundaries of relationship and rootedness to really question who I am in the world. To realize that the people that we love and depend on the most, our spouse, parents, children, close friends, and colleagues, cannot be everything, cannot completely fulfill us the way that we need them to that no other person may ever fully understand me, that ultimately it is just me, alone, facing death, facing life. Yesh Adonai b'makom hazev anilo yadati. Jacob awoke from the dream of the ladder with the angels and said, surely God was in this place and I did not know it. I wasn't really alone. In those first few weeks in the NICU, I felt more connected to God than I ever have in my life. In that intense loneliness, spending hours sitting next to the incubators that housed my four-pound babies, I prayed that the Holy One would protect my children and give me the strength to be a mother of three. Surrounded by machines with blinking lights that were helping my babies breathe, I imagined God as the Ner Tamid, the light above the ark that never goes out. People, even those that we love the most, that we hold on to the most tightly, will eventually leave us. We breathe in and out for as long as we are able, and then we stop. But God is always there. God is the eternal. God is the Kabbalist's Ein Sof without beginning or end, what Danny Matt describes as the essence of divinity, which is found in every single thing. The sublime essence secretly constitutes a chain linking everything from the highest to the lowest. There is nothing, not even the tiniest thing, that is not fastened to the links of this chain. We are each a part of this evolutionary chain, and God is the single constant. It is the matter that can never be created or destroyed. It engulfs. It holds us in its embrace. Mi mamakim karatiya, from the depths I call out to you, Adonai shema bikoli. Adonai, listen to my cry. In my moments of darkness, as I called out from the depths, God listened to me. The divine comforted me in a way that no one else could. More than my loving husband, who was relentlessly upbeat but also terrified. More than my colleagues and friends, who brought comfort and casseroles, but who I could not fully invite in. 
God understood me in all my incoherent hormonal vulnerability so that I did not feel so alone. By being present with me, God gave me the confidence to be alone with myself. As the child of devout Jewish atheists, it has taken me a long time to feel comfortable using the G word. At least once a year, an engaged couple or new parent requests that I omit any reference to God at their wedding or baby naming, at least in English. <laughs> but while I was wrestling with how to speak authentically with you this Yom Kippur, a wise rabbi in our congregation and fellow new parent, our member Rabbi Jessica Kirshner said, if anyone in our community is going to talk about God, it should probably be the rabbi. <laughs> it's hard to talk about God in our Silicon Valley culture. Yoga and mindfulness are trending, but venturing beyond that is red state territory. <laughs> we are more comfortable with data and analytics than we are with philosophy and metaphysics. But no matter how many spreadsheets we create, we can't quantify the human experience. There aren't any shortcuts to living a meaningful life. Putting in a different way, Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel wrote, ultimate meaning, meaning is not grasped once and for all in the form of a timeless idea, securely preserved in conviction. It comes upon us as an intimation that comes and goes. What is left behind is a memory and a commitment to that memory. Our words do not describe it, our tools do not wield it, but sometimes it seems as if our very being were its description. This may be the vocation of human beings, to say amen to being and to the author of being, to attain faith in God even in spite of God. Heschel touches on how one of the hardest parts of talking about God is the limitations of language itself. It is like coming back after the most amazing vacation, but when your neighbor asks you, so how was it? You're at a total loss for what to say or how to capture the moment. We only have words and the metaphors that they create to begin to even try to describe the memory of the intimation that comes and goes but the words never seem to do it justice. And they can feel unfamiliar, even awkward, like a foreign language. When we venture beyond what we can measure with our five senses, we start to doubt, to hold back, to be afraid. But Heschel pushes us to say amen and to take that leap of faith, to flex our spiritual muscles and try to encounter the author of being. Judaism warns us against settling for easy answers, for what Heschel calls a timeless idea securely preserved in conviction. A relationship with the divine is not a band-aid. It's a way of perceiving the world. It helps us to grapple with the tough questions when we feel helpless. Isolated in the NICU, I found myself wondering how I could be a good parent in moments when I felt so powerless to help my own children. Modern parenting books, and seemingly every other article on my Facebook feed, 
tells us that more than anything, we need to teach our children resilience. Not to protect them from pain, but to help them cope when pain inevitably occurs. The US military defines this as spiritual resilience. It trains its soldiers in coping well with difficulty, actively resisting destructive pressures, and rebuilding positively after adversity. These aren't just skills for the battlefield, they're crucial life skills. Think of Yom Kippur, think of all Jewish life as an exercise in building spiritual resilience. Developing a relationship with God is a tool for living your life. Jewish tradition helps you develop the spiritual resilience to face life's challenges. I want our children to feel the divine in their lives. I want to prepare them to be alone in this world. So what does that look like? How do we deepen our spiritual life? Well, we start by throwing out pediatric conceptions of God. So many of us freeze our understanding of a higher being at about 10 years old. We keep developing the rest of our understanding of the world. We become critical thinkers, we challenge assumptions, we deconstruct and rebuild our ideas. But God somehow remains the shallow, simplistic character that we see in children's books and in popular media. Becoming a mature Jewish adult means figuring out how you approach the divine. With all your questions, with all your doubts, with all your anger, with all your experience, God can take it. Rabbi Art Green once taught me in a college seminar that God is always seeking us out. And he used the metaphor of a radio signal. Even I can remember turning the dial, trying to find just the right spot of my favorite radio station. Green said that God is always broadcasting, but we may not have tuned into quite the right frequency yet. In the moments that we do, it is like listening to Yitzhak Perlman and Yo-Yo Ma live. So powerfully evocative that we find ourselves smiling and sobbing at the same time. Finding that frequency is different for each person and it changes over our lifetime. For some, it is found in the wilderness, whether a hike up Mount Tam or on the plaza at Burning Man. For others, it is in a sanctuary like this, surrounded by familiar voices of other Jews singing Debbie Friedman's Misha Berach together. For others, it is holding your first grandchild, the joy of witnessing your children have children. And for still others, it only comes with tears of desperation and loss. This process is a juggling act between the communal and individual moments of reflection. Kehillah Kedoshah, sacred community, is one of the core building blocks of Jewish life. From inviting your friends to your son's bris, to saying Kaddish for your father at a shiva minyan with your neighbors. Torah mandates us to spend the happiest and saddest moments of our lives with a minyan of other Jews. Most of our core mitzvot commandments can only take place in community to ensure that we are not, as sociologist Robert Putnam warns, alienated from our families, disconnected from civic institutions, bowling alone. And I live that daily as a rabbi and as a Jew. In the past year and a half, many in this sanctuary, 
brought us burritos, took our son Aaron to Rossi Park, helped us install a baby gate when we couldn't figure out the instructions, and so much more. And we needed and still very much need that. But I worry that I focus so much on the power of community that I forget about the internal work necessary to develop a spiritual life. Ironically, while I have felt alone at times, as a full-time working mother of three, it is hard to actually find time to be alone, to find time for reflection. When we talk about the power of Jewish life, we tend to stay in our comfort zone, planning Shabbat dinners and Hanukkah parties, and we shy away from the other equally meaningful pieces of religious life, the power of prayer and faith. Robert Frost wrote, I have been one acquainted with the night. I have walked out in the rain and back in rain. I have outwalked the furthest city light. I have looked down the saddest city lane. All of us experience loneliness at some point in our lives, some daily and others only in rare fleeting moments. Nothing can prevent that. And I'm not sure that we would want to even if we could. Instead, we strive to feel alone without feeling empty, to look into the void without feeling completely paralyzed. Lacanian psychoanalysis explores the idea that each human being experiences a profound lack, a need that can never be filled, the sense that something unnameable is missing from our lives. This can be lonely, even devastating, but it also inspires us to seek out new experiences and achieve new goals. Faith is a part of conquering that lack, that lack. Jacques Lacan, although born to a Jewish father, was very skeptical of religion. He died in 1981, and I try to imagine how he would have responded to being quoted in this sermon. What if all of this, this God talk, which almost every civilization has some form of, is just a mirage in the desert, a creation of our psyche because we can't deal with being alone in the universe? What if I made this up? The reality is I don't know. I don't know ultimate truth. And the older I get, the less it interests me. It could be a figment of the collective human imagination, but then so be it. God has enabled me and thousands of generations of our ancestors to lead a meaningful life, and that is what is ultimately important to me. Rabbi Brad Artson, our upcoming scholar in residence next month, teaches, faith doesn't exempt us from tragedy but it does provide comfort even amid the pain. Abraham learns that faithfulness between God and humanity is not wish fulfillment. It is commitment, relationship, and steadfastness. Few of us ever know why we must endure suffering and sorrow, but we do know that how we respond to our suffering has the power to transform us. Today, my girls are healthy 16-month-old toddlers, and my father is recovering. But we do not know what the year 5777 holds. 
Life catches up to us often when we least expect it to. When the tougher moment or moments come, this year or five years from now, Judaism teaches us that we are not alone because God is with us. God is our shelter from the storm. God is our rock. This sermon isn't about bringing everyone to their feet screaming, I believe. I'm not really a revival tent kind of rabbi. The Jewish faith is about questioning. Like Jacob, we wrestle with God. And our tradition teaches us to search for meaning within the text. On Yom Kippur afternoon, we hear the story of Jonah who ran from the divine, unable to confront the challenge of faith. Only in solitude, in the belly of a whale, could he find solace, call out to God, and make it to dry land. Yom Kippur gives us an opportunity to spend a few hours away from the chaos of our daily lives to delve into the harder, scarier questions of existence. Dare to indulge in the solitude. Find the courage to confront yourself in that dark place, that void inside each of us where our loneliness loves. Seek out a connection to the divine in whatever form it takes today and tomorrow. We wouldn't be Jewish if we just accepted blindly, but we find wisdom when we listen, when we try to find the right frequency to hear God, and when we find the courage to let God in and to let God listen to us. The Shema pleads with us, listen, people of Israel, Adonai is God, Adonai is one, and we answer, Adonai Shema Bikoli. We call out, listen to my voice. We both want to hear another. We both need each other to listen. Every year we speak of Yom Kippur as a time of judgment, but it is also a time of renewal. On Yom Kippur, God ushers us forward and gives us the strength to face the next year. Let this year be a year that we struggle with faith as Jacob with the angel. Let this be the year that we embrace faith as Jonah with Adonai. Let this be a year of spiritual resilience.